Good Friday morning to each and every one. I am Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spiritual Podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. I'm going to pull up my screen. Okay, no, there you go, found it. Ah. All right. Hope y'all are having a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. Let's go to God for a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for a great day. We thank you for your amazingness and awesomeness. We thank you that you are always with us and for us. We thank you for provision, protection. We thank you for being our good, good father, for knowing what we need before we ever say a word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness and compassion. Help us as we continue to grow in the mature knowledge of who you are and learning who we want to be for our lives and walking in our purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's get started. Got our coffee left of it. So today we're talking about the question, what do you want me to do for you? This question is actually found. In Mark 10, 51 and Luke 18, 41, the verses represent the story of blind Bartimaeus. In one context is listed as the blind beggar. Blind uh, Bartimaeus uh, calls out emphatically to Jesus, who he couldn't see, yet Bartimaeus had somehow heard that Jesus has the ability to heal diseases, infirmities, and illnesses of any kind. Uh, Bartimaeus states that he wants to see because Jesus asked, you know, what do you want me to do for you? So Bartimaeus says that, you know, I think it's rabbi uh, I want to see. Uh, Jesus heals the man and also makes a statement that his faith has made him well. I'm trying to go to it on this other screen. Right. Because in the, I think it's Mark 10, 18, 51, Jesus says, uh, what do you want to do for you? And the blind man says, Rabbi, I want to see. And so in 52, Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And I was thinking about that because this week I've been thinking about the question, uh, what do you want me um, to do for you? Uh, what does it mean for our life? Interesting thing to me about this story is that it's detailed by both Mark and Luke, coupled uh, with in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus is shown asking about 307 questions, and Jesus was asked over 180 questions. I love the pattern. It's just the information scientist in me. So stay with me, okay? It would also appear that asking intentional questions was important to Jesus, though I would think that it's and it should matter to me us as well. How would you answer the question, though, if you asked, or if Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? I bring it up because I think many of us in our lives have questions, doubts, uncertainty, fears that we would like to have resolved. I mean, think about the experience of living uh, through a pandemic and things are beginning to open up. There's you know, so much information out there going on when to wear a mask, wearing a mask in, in your office, 
policies and procedures and people trying to do the best that they can, not just in churches, if you're you know, attending church in physical locations, but for work. And so many different things are going on. And I think about those things. We also see unhappiness and complaints and suffering and illness and darkness and wounded hearts and spirits and minds. And I, you know, don't know where uh, you, this message finds you today. But I'd also venture to say that some of us are interested in healing as well. Maybe, you know, your experience is not necessarily that you're blind and you want to see again. It could be something else. You know, Bartimaeus wanted to be able to see, to be able to, to be healed of his blindness. In my own life, I can totally understand that because vision, the ability to see, has always been a struggle and issue for me. I mean, in my life, I've been in glasses since I was nine, gas permanent. I was 17, and for years, in order to see anything, to drive places, it was you know, the practice of putting my contact in first before I was able to really do anything. I've lost contact, I've broken contact, I've had eye conditions that were extremely uh, severe. You know, I had to not wear my contacts and literally take a very amount of drops and weight on my eyes to heal. And during that time, and I think this is like 2004, the doctors didn't know what had caused this condition, but here I was sitting in the doctor's office with an inflamed iris and light hurt my eyes. And I didn't know when I would see again. I mean, it got better with medication over time and doctor's care. And then again, it was back to, oh, it was bearable. You were know, wearing contact, living your life, working, you know, all of the, the things that, that happened. And then, you know, I lost the contact. And I remember being deeply upset by losing that contact. Um, because when I lost that contact, I was like, man, I'm really tired of always losing contact, always having to go through the experience of getting another contact. And I remember how it happened. I couldn't find it anywhere. And later in the day, I was, uh, it was a weekend, I was cleaning up and I was sweeping the bathroom. And I found that I had dropped it on the floor, but you know, with all the sweeping, I had broken it in half. So there was that. And I was deeply distressed. I'm like, man, I'm walking around like <laughs> with one contact. And uh, I just want to see, you know, Abba. I just, I just want to see. And then I remember reaching out to uh, my eye doctor, but she wasn't in. So they were like, well, we can't see you until this time. She won't be back. So you can go see this doctor. But he didn't have another schedule availability until like another week. So I called this new ophthalmologist and, you know, I got my records in over there. And, you know, he was like, well, we can get you, you know, some contact. We can get you some contact. And he was telling me about these lenses called Sleral. And it was exciting because I got those lenses and then I could see so many things. It was like vision amplified. So I no longer was the person in the, the meetings that needed the screen to be uh, made bigger. I could see from any area. And I really liked that. And then later, I want to say you know, probably that summer, around 4th of July, my right eye went gray. And I couldn't really see out of it. Very fuzzy. You know, and um, I also had severe eye pain. My right eye, my left eye, you know, I had no issues or experiences, but my, my right eye was 
problematic. And I remember I went to urgent care, and urgent care was like, they couldn't really help me, so they took me to the eye doctor uh, at, at one of the hospitals because the, the eye doctor, the ophthalmologist that I was seeing was um, on vacation. So there was nobody in the office, so I couldn't go to him. He would be back actually the next week. So I had called and left, you know, messages. And then I went to the ophthalmologist that they had me seen, you know, from the urgent care experience. And he gave me some drops and encouraged me to reach out to my regular uh, eye ophthalmologist. And I mean, I remember that experience because he was so great. And I don't mean that in a way that I think he's being kind and not caring about me. I just meant that he wasn't trying to promise me anything because I remember being really scared. And I remember being like, do you think I'm going to be able to see out of it? And he was like, and I discovered that I had this condition called hydra uh, that one in 13,000 people get. It, it just happens. It's not anything that really causes it. It's just it can happen. And so that became the road healing. And I wasn't able to wear a contact in that right eye at all. And I just had to wait on um, the healing process, which amplified my you know, issues and anxiety. And it came to sight because I was worried. Am I going to be able to see? You know, Jesus, I prayed to you and talked to you about healing me and being able to see. And here I am. I, I can't even see. I got I to gotta wear one on one contact. I mean, I, I can live my life, but I'm really concerned because for me, you know, that meant that I didn't go places, especially at night, with only one contact in, unless it's areas that I knew. So that was limited. And that really wasn't a big deal. Because it's not like I was going to place that deep. So it was fine, but it just didn't feel fine because, you know, I wanted to see. So that was just story time. Uh, is that? But, you know, the good news, uh, as I was sharing on, on Encouraging Your Spirit's Facebook page, and you might hear another video where I was talking about when for the day, I'm telling you that now, after getting a coronal transplant August 18th of 2020, I can now see 2020 out of my right eye. Um, and I'm grateful to God for, for that. But, you know, I don't know where this message might find you today. We're going back to sharing my screen, you know, because I realize that people listening, you know, vision might not be, it might be like, Chris, I'm all good. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that. Uh, but I brought it up because I understand the perspective of this context and scripture of wanting to see. Yet, even if an eye condition isn't what you point to yourself or facing right now or have ever faced or will ever face, here's a question. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the, is the most important thing about us. The questions move us and we ask Jesus and the answers we give to Jesus' own questions tell us a lot about ourselves and ultimately about our faith. Belief is accepting that something is true. Faith is said to be a conduit that allows the power of God to act. Think about that in the context of what we've learned today about blind Bartimaeus, or think about the scripture. Uh, I didn't read it today, but you can find it in the scripture. They often talk about the woman with the issue of blood, uh, or there's another scripture, I believe it's in Mark uh, 5, where you have the synagogue leader, Jairus, who basically falls at Jesus' feet, asking Jesus to come to uh, his home and place his hands on his daughter. 
because his daughter is dying. But Jesus was dealing with the woman that touched him. He touched the hem of his garment. So somewhere after that whole scripture and conversation, other people come around and say, why bother the teacher now? Because your daughter is, is dead. Jesus uh, says to the man to believe. That's what he tells him. So note the point. Belief, he just said it. I'm going to go back and show it to you again. Hang on. Here we go. Belief is what? Accepting that something is true. Faith is a conduit. Faith is a conduit of the, the, uh, that allows the power of God to act. So oftentimes when I think of belief and faith is belief plus faith. So you know, I can't really, that's probably not really good. You won't see this video. But you know, it's belief and faith that seem to be acting together in the context of the scriptures uh, that we're, we learn today. Because Jesus says to Jesus, don't be afraid, just believe. Which leads us back to our question, what do you want Jesus to do for you? The answer to the question reveals what you do or what you don't believe. It also reveals or demonstrates how powerful your faith is or how powerful your faith is not. Why do I say that? Because our beliefs drive our life. What do you want Jesus to do for you? What do you believe in your mind, your spirit, and your heart about Jesus, about God? You know, the answers to these questions have a direct relationship to what you ask for in your, in your prayers, what you believe that you will receive, or what you believe that you have not received, what you believe about your purpose. These are all questions that come up. And I'm not trying to answer any of them today. Because uh, I think I've talked long enough. I've given you a lot of food for thought. But I want you to think about that. What do you want Jesus to do for you? What's, what's stopping you from, from believing that? You know, Think about those things. We're going to talk more about it next week. But I figure I give you this. What do you want Jesus to do for you? I want you to think about your beliefs. Because beliefs are things that we believe are true. What you think about that? What you think about that? Because I'm trying to find this other thing. Because I want to say that this. Because I was sharing this this idea in relationship to something else last week. I mean, not last week, but I think it relates today. But I was telling, I was talking with, with uh, Apostle Triple, and I was talking about how we live in a society. With information all around us. We have documentation in print, physical, digital, electronic, for, uh, electronic format, fact check checkers, uh, videos, images. If you think about it in context of, of, of scripture, you have you know so many different literature that tells you the who, what, where, when, and why of scripture. Who was talking? Why they were talking? What they were talking about? The interpretation and application. Well, say scripture and verse. Um, yet, there is still a prevalent idea that news, information, all these things is as it, as it is in everyday life. I think the same can be said when you're talking about scripture. Is that there's this prevalent idea that these news interpretations are false and fake. Now, in some cases, that happens because people have misappropriated scripture. Or they talk to you based on the beliefs that someone else told them. That's, that's, so they're just regurgitating, restating things that have been said to them over and over again. 
and they've not taken the time to go and find out if they're really true. So ultimately, I believe that states that there is a difference between that which is true and that which is true. Food for thought. Just, just want to leave that which I want you to think about it because this is what we're going to keep talking about next because truth and belief are related because our beliefs drive our life. That's all I got. I gave you food for thought. I gave you a lot of things to think about. What do you want Jesus to do? What do you think about Jesus? Who do you think Jesus is? What do you think the purpose of Jesus is? What do you think the purpose of God is? Who, who, who do you think God wants to be for you in your life? The answers to that question are very important. Okay? That's all I got. I thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you so much for uh, being a part of our ever-growing listening family. I love you. 